Welcome to this episode of Mia Lux and Love, brought to you by Levette, an intentional dating platform for self-aware singles. And today I'm exploring the question, what is the hardest thing about dating for men? As a woman, I am intimately aware of the pain points uh, for women when it comes to the apps, but part of building Levette has opened my eyes to the fact that, you know, like everyone has different struggles and there are different types of obstacles and issues that kind of come up depending on who you are. And so I'm excited today to explore with my guest, uh, Scott Simmons, who is a polymath introvert. He is a TikToker sharing his journey around dating. It's kind of how I connected with him. Um, and he comes from, you know, a, a, an interesting background because he's sort of like an infosec manager, but who is really intentionally approaching the dating experience. And like I said, sharing out loud as he goes. And I really loved his insights that he was sharing. Um, and obviously it's landing really well with everyone out there. So excited to have this conversation today about what some of those pain points are, how they look, how to take them on. You know, as a woman, I'm super fascinated to hear other people's experiences and sort of step outside of my own sort of like frame point and, and really ask from a more, I'd say like universal perspective, whether it's for men or for women, for people who are, you know, don't identify as any gender, like how can we build systems that are just more supportive for everybody? And understanding the problem is the first place to start. So if you're a woman and you're curious to hear, uh, if you're a man and you would like some guidance, this is uh, a perfect conversation for us to jump into. What is the hardest part of dating for men? Scott, thank you so much for jumping on with me today and, and really exploring a line of inquiry that I have no answers for, but lots and lots and lots of questions, which is, you know, what is the hardest part of dating for men? Yeah. So thank you for so much for having me on, Mia. It's so exciting. I, what is I, heard, the hard... I heard a really great quote once, which was like comparing the experience of dating for men and dating for women and the different kinds of pain, which they said like for men, dating is like dying of thirst in a desert. Whereas for women, it's like dying of thirst in the ocean. And this feeling of like, um, you know, men, the stereotyping that men experience a lot more, let's say scarcity, but women feel uh, the experience of there's a lot, but it doesn't fit right. And so it's really interesting, like the different models of what, how women and men experience scarcity or the, you know, considering the common denominator tends to be everyone says it's hard. It was yeah. like, yeah, it's hard, but, yeah. the, but the how is really different. And uh, I know we've talked a lot about on my podcast, I think the struggles women have faced. And so I'm curious, maybe you can just like, you know, I know you've been single, you've been dating, you've been testing different cities. Maybe mm -hmm. you can start with like one or two of the high level things that men do struggle with. Yeah, so I think that that analogy, uh, uh, dying of thirst in the desert versus dying of thirst in the in the in the ocean, that's really spot on. I think in, in my conversations with talking to people about dating and in my own experiences, um, that's really that's really correct. Um, for men, it's it's a lot of rejection. Um, the apps, you know, uh, the dating apps, I think, have really uh surged in the past maybe five years and i think even if you're not on the apps um you're still sort of affected by them because anyone that you might be dating or anyone in your city who is single and looking for romantic connection is affected by the apps in some way right so um yeah i, I think uh, uh, at least here in san francisco and it might be uh, anecdotally i've heard uh, and it's been my experience that in san francisco it's especially bad for men just because uh, the technology industry mostly brings a lot of dudes to San Francisco. So there are just a lot of single, there are more single men here than, than single women. And I think everywhere there are more men on the apps than women for interesting reasons that I think we can go into. Uh, but I think generally speaking, that's, that's true. And so for men, 
you're really trying hard to show up on a woman's radar. You're really trying hard to uh, be the message that she is going to respond to. Um, and my theory or my, my take from talking to people about this is that, and the thing that I would say to men, to, to your listeners who are men, is that don't, well, the hard part is just not getting discouraged, right? And the thing I would say is don't get discouraged. If someone doesn't message you back, it's it's not because they think you're awful. It's not because you didn't put enough effort into that message. It's not because you didn't put enough effort into your profile. It's just because another 15 people messaged her after you did. And like the UI for whatever app she's on has no way for her to filter through, right? Like she just has to scroll and scroll and scroll. And that's like, and that's what's hard for women, I think. Um, but that's the overwhelm. And that's, and that's what's interesting yeah. is I think men, I can imagine from the male experience, because they're not probably experiencing the flood or overwhelm of messages that women do. Right. That it feels like, oh, if I sent a message to someone and they didn't choose to reply, it's because it's something to do with me versus you're right. I think a lot of women get stuck in paralysis, the paradox of choice. They're feeling yeah. overwhelmed. And like, I remember being on the dating apps. And for instance, I remember once the reason I deleted the apps after a while was like, I had an inbox of let's say 40 or 50 messages with guys and they were all great guys like i actually was yeah. looking at them going like, i cannot and i was like i cannot distinguish who is better or who is most suitable they all seem great yeah. this is actually awful and i feel like no matter what i do i'm gonna lose and so in that case i just disappeared right i try i tried to do the like hey i'm jumping off the apps like try to clean it up but but then again like how long does it take to send 50 messages right but the yeah. man's experience is that we matched he sent me a message i disappeared like from his experience i can imagine now like wow he could take that as if he did something wrong versus like no we're just in this weird system yeah so one of the ways that i've been kind of trying to talk about this is on tiktok where you i think you and i first bumped into each other and a lot of the comments that i get from women are uh sometimes and, and i don't mean this to disparage them at all and i'm not laughing them or, or laughing at them or poking fun at them but they'll say like a woman hopped into my comments last week and said, I only got I only got 16 matches last week um, and I can't find a quality man. And for me, 16 matches in a week is like that's that's probably like a, a glitch in the matrix. You know, like the app has probably made a mistake um, for me. You, you can pull your data from Bumble. You can pull your data from all of the apps because of privacy laws. But Bumble does a pretty good job of kind of packaging the data. So I was looking at that. And I found that in two years of being on Bumble, I deleted the apps sort of in the spring of this year, but in two years of being on Bumble, I had 11 matches. That's wow. one match every two months. Wow. I'm, I'm pretty picky. I'm a pretty picky guy. I, I know what I'm looking for and I try to filter for that on the apps. But um, yeah, there's there are just uh, there are just a lot more guys uh, on the apps than women. And what that, that means is that uh, it's it's harder for it's harder for my profile to even show up on a woman's Bumble or Hinge or whatever. Um, just because, you know, you only have so much time in the day to swipe, right? And and it's also interesting because I talk about this a lot with my girlfriends where when they're like, you know, in New York City, which I think has, you know, an abundance both ways. And I'd say mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot more evenly balanced than San Francisco, which has more men. Uh, mm -hmm. But like speak to my female friends who are like, oh, I'm struggling. I can't find somebody or I, don't, I can't find someone quality or whatever it is they're imagining, right? Yeah. And then, but really sitting down with them and, and I get them to design what they want, but then when they show me how they how they behave on the apps, there's not a there's no congruence between what they think they want and what they're instinctively swiping on. And I've seen some stuff around this. I'm curious your opinion about the fact that you know the apps are forcing women to choose based on essentially symmetry and a picture, 
Whereas mm. what I'm finding is that like what often makes a woman attracted to a man, I think vice versa, but I think especially women, are behavioral cues, how the man shows up, how he holds himself. Like, you know, the, the types of, I think, um, the, the types of non-physical attributes that can jump a man who maybe is just average looking to being really, really sexy, right? And mm -hmm. so forcing women to look just at looks is skewing who gets, who gets seen and who gets matched. And, and I would go even further, you know, like I because, you know, we would all love to, you know, swipe right on a super duper sexy supermodel with a great job and a great family and have them swipe right on us. But but even even sometimes just like looking for someone who I think is going to be kind of on my wavelength, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a weirdo nerd. I really love Dungeons and Dragons. I want to find a woman out there who's going to be like excited about that and is going to be at least interested in that. Right. And I think the apps. um uh, you know, I, I just I think the the difficulty with it is it's just really, really hard to choose four pictures and four prompts that are going to give someone a real feel for who you are. Um, and, and I will I will shamelessly plug this amazing app you've probably heard of called Lovette, where you do little videos <laughs> um, because I think that's a great approach. And I think a lot of people are talking about how we should be using video for uh, for trying to meet people online um and, 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 there's yeah. a you know, there's a, and there's a reason for this right like mm -hmm. and just by the way Levette just got awarded best video dating app by askmen.com thank you oh um but there's a reason why we chose video which was twofold which is seeing how poor our decision making is based on a picture versus a video so much of how we assess if we like somebody is the kind of non-verbal uh sort of even just the way they move or like mm -hmm even just like the tone of their voice versus the actual words, but there, there are parts of how we assess for attraction and magnetism that just can't come through a picture. But also like people's pictures are pretty heavily edited. <laughs> like now, you know, catfishing used to be like you use someone else's picture. You can legitimately catfish people with your own pictures these days, you know? Totally. Like, and I was talking to someone recently about this. We're like, well, people don't even realize they're doing it because we've become, we talk, I think you and I chat about this actually, we've become so acclimated to the hyper-produced managed version of ourselves that we've used yeah. through filters or through this or through that, that people have a really distorted self-possession. So they're putting up pictures they think, they think looks like them. They look yeah. nothing like them, right? Yeah. Whereas video, even if you run a filter over a video, it, it there's a lot more you can see and feel and there's literally a dimensionality. So from an accuracy perspective, and the cool thing is that I think people are, people have a fear about video because of this exposing thing. But I'm like, no, people find you more attractive on video. They don't actually find you less attractive because they can actually see and feel and, and get a sense of who you are. So there's a real advantage to it. I think that's exactly right. And, and that feeling where you think people are a little afraid of it, that feeling of vulnerability, and, and that's real, right? And the internet is the internet and there are lots of downsides to the internet, right? Um, but whenever I'm talking to somebody about what they should put in their profile or, or advice that I would give or advice that I try to follow myself, I always try to put forward the thing that makes me feel vulnerable. I want to put forward the thing that is that like, oh, well, somebody might not like me if I talk about whatever Dungeons and Dragons or going to therapy or whatever. Um, but that's what I, I, I don't want to try to attract as many people as possible. I want to attract the people who might be the right person for me. So you know? that's curious. Talk to me a little bit more about this. Like if you were, like, say you were working with somebody about this, how would you encourage them to find that thing? And how would you encourage them to share that thing? That's a great question. I, that's a great question. I, I think, well, I encourage everyone to put a lot of 
if you're going to use the apps, I actually don't think the apps are great. And my big thing on TikTok is delete the apps. But if you have to use the apps to meet somebody, I always encourage folks to put a lot of time and effort into your profile, really work on it. Try to do your best to express yourself, have your friends look at it, you know, get their take on it. This this advice is is like out there. This is nothing like revelatory. But yeah, finding that thing that's going to make you feel vulnerable. Um, I mean, I would say uh, kind of like Levette does, I use the, the apps that are more apps are starting to let you use video in your app. I would encourage everyone to use video apps are letting you use voice and the audio. Yeah, that's, that's great, too. Whenever I, uh, you know, back when I was using the apps, um, I would always whenever I got chatting with someone, I would always as soon as possible on any app that would let me, I would send a voice note or send a video. Um, because it helps me to stand out. It helps uh, give them a feel for who I am. And if I send somebody a video note that says, hey, uh, happy to match with you or you know, whatever, whatever witty thing that I've spent half an hour coming up with saying, right? I put that in a video. And if they see that and I don't get a response from that, I know that either like they don't have the bandwidth to respond right now or I get a pretty good sense that I'm not for them, right? And like, that's great for me because I don't want to put time and effort into chatting with someone who I'm not the right person for, who I'm not a match for. And I, and I love and I love that frame around it. And maybe this is, you can tell me a little bit about this because what I have heard from men is that, that really surprises me is like, yeah, the, the amount of rejection people face mm. and the discouragement that men can feel because they are putting themselves out there so much, they're, you know, having to reach out with no response. How do you, what kind of advice would you give to men to take that rejection in this stride without letting it, destroy your will to live <laughs> i yeah absolutely i mean that's a big one and and i think that that's i think that's what drives i think that rejection that pain is what drives a lot of bad behavior from men on the apps and, and they're notorious it doesn't take that many men behaving poorly to make it a really uh awful place for women to be which i think also drives why there are so few women on the apps but the advice that i would give that I give fellow men on how to do this stuff is, you know, we got, I think we got to support each other. I think, and this is not an easy fix, but like, I'm a big fan of going to therapy. I'm a big fan of being real and vulnerable with my guy friends. Um, and none of my guy friends are going through dating right now, but they're all sick of hearing me talk about it. And they're very lovely and supportive. And they, their response is usually, I have no idea what to tell you. That sounds awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> and we laugh about it. Right. But Emotional commiseration though. That's yeah. And I think to your point of like, it is rough. Like, and I think, you know, the dating is funny because like, I would say it's one of the most, it should be one of the most exciting and hopeful parts of our lives. Like, wow, like meeting yeah. people, finding a person, looking for someone to build a love with or a life with, whatever you're looking for. And yet, like, I think because of these systems, for so many of us, it feels like hard work. It feels mm -hmm. discouraging. It feels exhausting. You know, women are in the overwhelm. I think men are in the feeling of, having to put in so much effort for so little reward. I am curious though, because I know like I've, I've spoken a lot about, I'd say the dangers that women face, but something mm -hmm. that blew me away was when I was looking into like, you know, the $560 million of scam, scamming money that was lost in, just in America to you know, dating scams last year, yeah. $560 million, right? And a lot of that was women scamming men. Mm -hmm. And so it started to make me think about like, wow, what are the unique dangers or challenges that men face in the digital era? Like, I'm curious, what some of those are. Yeah, I, I, and well, can I touch on one thing from what we were talking about before real quick that I want to throw in there? But yeah, let's talk about scams because that's real. 
Um, you know, the other thing that I think makes it hard for men sometimes can be because we are not social. We, I think we are socialized to put a lot on our romantic connections. And that really shoots us in the foot sometimes, because sometimes when we're not able to get intimacy or to feel seen by our friends um, or our families or our fathers or brothers, or, you know, we, we, we don't find that intimacy elsewhere. I think a lot of times men can load that need into a romantic connection and that makes the process of trying to connect with someone on a dating app just that much more high stakes and it makes that process and the pain and the rejection and the waiting um that much more painful so i you it occurred to me you're asking about advice another reason that i think we just need to commiserate and listen to each other and support each other is that you you don't want to be looking for to to to, to fill that need, that very real need through just a romantic connection, because it's not going to work for a relationship, right? You can't put that all on your, your romantic partner, period. Um, but that's going to be especially true uh, when you're when you're out there just trying to meet someone off the internet out of and nowhere. It's, and it's very much like going grocery shopping when you're starving, like that feeling. Of, Absolutely. You know, like we all Absolutely. know we make, we, made, we make such poor decisions when we're not filled up or we're not in a, in a balanced whole place in our own lives. And I think you know, this idea of like, why do people end up in relationships that are, that are a significant compromise? Like, why do people mm -hmm. end up in these bad relationships? Why do they mm -hmm. end up with people they shouldn't be with? It's like, to your point, if you're starving for affection, if you're starving for a connection, if you're starving for intimacy, for companionship, you're, you're more likely to talk yourself into something that's probably not a good idea. You're like, yeah, ah, she's only sort of an addict. Like it's, <laughs> it's I mean, a guilty. mild personality disorder. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, and further, I, th I think that's why we have the stereotype of like men as sort of the you know, thinking with the wrong head or like overly horny. I think that's just kind of a way that men are. Like, I think that's I think physical intimacy, sex is a way that men are socialized. Like that's that's an acceptable way for us to find intimacy, being open and emotionally vulnerable. That's not something that's really accepted for us for a lot of men. And so I think I think that all just gets loaded onto like uh, like a hookup, like a physical connection because that's where we feel comfortable. That's where we feel like we're allowed to find that that connection and that intimacy. And we really overload it. We're looking for well, too much, you know, I it's, think. It's interesting. I have, I have a couple of friends who, you know, are sex workers, have been living, they've worked in that world for a while. And, mm. you know, it's interesting because like often what they say to me is that most of the men that come to them really don't come to them for sex. Mm. And that sex is a small part of it. And some of the men don't even have sex. A lot of it is just looking for connection and looking for belonging and having dropped out of feeling like they have the skills or the ability to create and find that with women. So mm -hmm. it is really interesting. I think there is something very curious there about the, like that conflation of emotional support and physical connection. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but you asked about scams. Do you want to talk about scams? Scams and anything else that comes to mind that like the like actual fears that men have when they date. So scams. So that's when I got burnt by early. Um, and, and I have a, kind really? of a funny story. But, oh, yeah, totally. Um, uh, so for me, it, I, I don't, in my experience, I sort of figured that out early and kind of got it out of the way. But I think I think it can be really painful. It, it's like a painful rite of initiation, I think, for a man who is hopping on the apps for the first time who isn't aware for this kind of stuff, right? Because at some point, you're going to match with somebody. And if they're good, um, you know, you'll think they're real. They'll fool you into thinking they're a real person. Um, and what'll happen is eventually they'll say, oh, I really want to come hang out with you. I want to take a taxi to come see you. Can you PayPal me $50? And first of all, it's like, who who takes taxis these days? I'll just send you an Uber or Lyft, right? But that's what they say because they want you to send them money. Um, 
and it sucks. Like you feel so vulnerable and so betrayed. You, you know, you, you do they just you... do they just disappear after, or like what's the? Uh, I've had them disappear after. So in my in my my story, when I fell for it, I was I was lonely and uh, you know I was feeling desperate and it was it was a, it was a dark time. Um, and I got I got talking to someone and I I felt like I had verified them. I think I had like sent a voice note and they had sent one back or I I, I thought in my head like okay this seems like a real person. The, the really low effort scams are pretty easy to spot because the pictures are blurry. They're obviously from uh, adult content on the internet somewhere. Um, oftentimes their English is not that great, um, which is not to say that English needs to be everyone's first language, but you know, that can often be kind of a, an indicator. Um, but yeah, there was this person I was talking to and, uh, and, uh, she said that she wanted to, I think she said she wanted to meet at a bar near my place. I was living over in Oakland and I was like, that sounds great. Let's do it. I've got nothing, nothing going on tonight. Let's go for it. She's like, I just need you to PayPal me money so I can take a cab there. And I was like, foolishly i was like sure like paypal paypal with the money and then what she said later was um oh i'm on my way but i need to oh she said she wanted to stop off and buy i think it was like marijuana or something she's like oh i'm, I'm going to pick up some some of some marijuana for us when we get there i'm like no that's fine we'll just get a drink at the bar i i'll have a whiskey i'm not a big drinker just just come to the bar and she's like no 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 this is really important for me i want it can you paypal me more money because what they're doing is just trying to like pump me yeah they're for... just like baby stepping you into bigger and bigger investments yeah. And so what I did one time was, uh, so this, you know, burnt me and I, I was really I felt vulnerable and really stupid about it. And, um, you know, you're on a dating app, you're already in like a vulnerable place, right? So, you know, I, th I think it cuts deep. And I think men in general don't talk about that kind of stuff because it's, I mean, I, it's embarrassing. I'm even a little embarrassed, like talking about it now, you know? No, but um, and, and also like, it's one of those things where, again, this area of life where you're trying to keep your heart open you're trying to be connected yeah. you're trying to be vulnerable you're actually making an effort to be connected to strangers which is hard like yeah. it's hard at the best of times it's hard when you're making friends at work it's i mean so there's already this like exposure right and so when mm -hmm. people take advantage of that i think it's a very normal thing to feel a lot of pain and to feel humiliated and to you know uh you know i, I that the story you tell is so common right and then yeah. i think you're right no one wants to tell no one wants to admit that it happened to them because a lot of like embarrassment and shame around it yeah 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 um so once i once i realized once i got burnt by that um i became kind of hyper vigilant for like finding these people and for a while and this sort of speaks to my early mental health with dating apps i i wasn't actually on the apps trying to match with people i mean i was but like while i was waiting for matches i would hunt for scammers i would try and match with scammers <laughs> to try and mess with them. Um, and I got, eventually I, I got chatting with one and I was just, I, this is not a positive part of my personality, but I was just playing with this person, like just giving them responses, trying to lead them on, trying to waste their time as much as possible. Um, but eventually I got to this point in the conversation where I I was just telling them like, like look, I know you're not the woman in the picture. Like, I, I understand that that's not you. I'm really genuinely interested why you do this. Would you be willing to chat with me? Like, I know it's not you, but, I'm still interested, like just human to human, what's going on here. And um, I tried that a few times and it didn't work, but I finally got one who who talked to me, who would like, he's like, okay, fine, I get it. And he would talk to me. His English was really, really good. Um, and he let me know that he was like in Nigeria and um, that, you know, $50 US goes a really long way there. And he was supporting his family and the economy there is totally broken. Uh, political co corruption uh, is kind of destroying well, you know, how you provide for your family there. 
And it was this, it was this really unexpected, surreal, amazing moment of connection. Uh, you know, probably, well, you know, not what I expected. Um, and he could have been lying. I don't know. I'm not sure why he would have been lying about that, but uh, I have no way to verify what he was saying. But it's an interesting He's... perspective, right? Like, yeah. Which I can imagine they sort of think to themselves, well, it's no big deal to this guy. He's going to be disappointed, but like, it's no big deal. Right. Yeah. So like versus understanding perhaps like the systemic emotional damage <laughs> that it does to men. Yeah. 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 Because and because he's just trying to provide for his family, you know, like his his ability. If that's a good way to pay for food and rent uh, and it's working for him, like he doesn't care that some dude across the planet in California is like having his heart broken and for the thousandth time in a tiny way. Well, I mean, um, the problem is that like, you know, you're you're a smart guy. You fell for it once. I know people who are out there who ended up $30,000 deep with someone yeah. they've never met, right? Like yeah. escalating um, promises, escalating commitments. And, yeah. you know, again, it's one of those things where I think women often deal with physical safety issues. I think men seem to be dealing a lot with like emotional and financial safety issues. But you can imagine now like both sides of the dating pool were kind of looking at each other a little side eye, you know, like we're all like every time I match with somebody, I'm like, is this going to be a safe person? Is this a real person? You know, um, yeah, such, it's such an interesting thing to have to hold while you're in the state of like hopefulness. Yeah, yeah, because, it you know, it's one of many things that are different for men and for women on the big dating apps. Um, uh, and that's it's tough to it's tough to solve for that, you know, what, what else do you think is some of the sort of like the challenges that makes it like makes it hard for men? What are some of the obstacles they face? Um, I talk, uh, I, I think, I think, well, there's just like the resilience of knowing that, like, if you reach out to someone, well, I, I always advise anyone using the apps, any man using the apps to really put a lot of effort into every outreach that you extend to a woman, whether that's a message or the, the work that you're putting into your profile. Right. Um, and, and, you know, it's hard to, I, I guess it's more of the resilience thing though, but it, it can be hard to uh, keep that up when you feel like your rate of response is so very low. Um, I remember seeing a guy's profile once, like one, another one of the reasons I got the apps was like, man, it was super depressing. Like really swiping through all of humanity and passing judgment on each person was a super depressing process. Like it made me feel terrible about myself. It made me feel poorly about you know the experience the men were having but there was one guy's profile and he literally it was a picture of him and then it just had the caption is there anybody actually out there and yeah. i was like oh my god like i could just feel into that moment of like despair and discouragement and disillusionment where it's like what's the point and just yeah. like you know the people they're matching with them sometimes are bots sometimes it's actually someone directing them to an only fans page like the feeling that like oh yeah matches and then like so many of the matches that men are getting aren't sincere matches and so that that kind of feeling of oh yeah i would say okay so you're asking about another challenge that i think is maybe unique to men i think like societally and this is you know generalizations but i think i think women feel much more pressure to uh present themselves well on the internet right like these days like it or not we all know sort of uh, Instagram is there. All the social media apps are there. We all are aware of what we look like in pictures way more so than 10, 20, 30 years ago. Right. And I think because we objectify women so heavily that that has fallen 
more on women, right? Um, so camera angles and lighting and filters and all that kind of stuff. Men uh, uh, don't do that as well, right? There's this stereotype of men with fish picks, right? <laughs> and I think the- It's you know, true. It is. I, so I think the reason, um, and I was talking the other day to uh, a woman who does uh, digital marketing um, and, and she was basically saying like, your dating app profile is digital marketing. It's a game. And the people who are good at the game are going to win the game, which means that my ability to market myself on the internet is directly related to my odds of finding a romantic connection, right? Like I, we, we are selecting for partners who are good at digital marketing. Digital marketing is not a skill that like is going to contribute to a healthy, positive relationship, right? And so I think a thing that's hard for guys and why we see all these fish picks is that like, we're a lot of guys just like aren't really into looking amazing on Instagram, right? Like we we just haven't learned the angles, and there's like all those bathroom selfies, or a lot of selfies because we never ask our friends to take a picture of us, right? I had to go hire a photographer. I didn't have good pictures of me. I went and hired someone to take my picture explicitly for my dating app because I was like, no one's gonna know what I look like. And so I think the reason why we see so many fish pics is that's just like. That's the moment the, that they she finally take a picture. Oh my! Yeah, God. and and you're out there. You're on a boat. You went fishing with your buddies. You caught a fish, and some 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 guy with a big expensive looking camera like snaps your picture, and you think like this is a professional photographer taking a shot of me. I got a smile on my face. I'm doing something that I like to do in this one time. Um, I'm I'm holding a fish. This is very manly. I've I've gathered food, you know, um, and I think that's why you see them because it's like I, I like I just don't have that many pictures on my phone that are that are of me that that would work on a dating app you know we're just not as good at it and and to and to your point around like the selection criteria it is so interesting because and this is why when i sit with my friends i make them come up with like what is the relationship you're looking to create like how do you relate to each other what are the so what's the emotional connection what how do you communicate all the things that make a relationship work right yeah and trying to get them to use that as the initiating point of what they're looking for because i agree if you just if you just jump into the systems and you you choose according to what the systems say are important which is essentially pictures right it's pretty height. much just pictures yeah. <laughs> height yeah. like you're, these kinds of things you are essentially boiling people down to a very, very, very two-dimensional caricature of themselves. Yeah. And, and none of these profiles display or give you information or data about any of the things that actually make a relationship work. Yeah. And, and it's like, what a trap to put people into. I, I think it, one of the things that breaks my heart, I remember once sitting, I was sitting in Brooklyn, swiping, and I was like swiping, swiping, swiping. And then I swiped, I just swiped by some guy who was like, I, I just couldn't decide, maybe, maybe not. And I just have this, had this feeling where I was like, how many people have swiped past their soulmate? Like how yeah. many of us have swiped past people who would have been incredible for us, but there's just no way for me to know if John 25, whatever is, I just have no way to make that assessment. Right. And we're not giving yeah. people any opportunity to do that. And just like my little heart was like, oh my God, what have we done for people? And, and then for the, from the man's perspective, like I really think men are not given a good shot. I really don't think so. I something that just came up for me while you were saying that I have definitely felt I've been swiping back on the app when I was on the apps. I've, I I know that there are times when I've been swiping on the apps and I saw somebody that was interesting, seemed like they would be into my like nerdiness or whatever. Like it seemed like a potential fit and I would just look at her and I would go, 
this woman is too beautiful. I, I, she's not going to swipe right on me. I don't want to find out. I don't want to no. put it out there <laughs> because there's no, that little Scott. I know. Well, because there's that. There's I. I mean, just like being completely honest. I, I like to think I shoot my shot a lot of the time, but but honestly, I'm sure it's happened. I I don't know how many times, but I I, I know I've felt that feeling before, where it's like I don't even want to know. I don't want to ask the universe the question of does this is this woman going to swipe right at me because I I just don't want to go through not getting the the hopefulness match. and the disappointment and but yeah. here's the greatest irony right like if we think about the relationships we're dreaming up I think about the feeling of each person looking at the person they're with and being like man I'm lucky like wow I, like we should actually have a little bit of an edge in it in the sense that the respect and admiration and and love we ho we hold for the person we choose is so high that we feel, you know, infinitely lucky, blessed, even surprised that they like us back that way. Like I do, I do feel like there is that flavor of magic. If you talk to any of the, any of the couples who've been, I know have been married for a long time, there is this dynamic. And, and here's the thing is if you met that girl at work, or if you met her at a, in a let's say some kind of socialized environment, mm -hmm. your shot with her wouldn't be one technological connection and a cold message your shot with her would be a few warm interactions with no mm -hmm. pressure I, this way with Levette, i built it this way like i'm a i'm very i'm very clear that like the type of magic romance we talk about and want magic quote unquote is really just um putting people into socialized situations so they can sniff each other out and see if there's attraction there the girl that you think is really amazing you can make a comment to her, chat to her without being like, hey, I have romantic interest in you. Do you have romantic interest in me? Declare right. it now, which is insane. Like, you're right. insane. like we're ins it's insane that we're forcing people to declare romantic interest in each other, like immediately, right? right? <laughs> it's yeah. Like, oh. And no matter how slick you, you, you craft your opening line, and like, I have put a lot of work into getting good at sending cold opens, like, you know, uh, hello messages, right? Um, I've put way too much thought to it and I've, I've got a whole video on like how I advise people to do it. But yeah, any way you do that, any way you send that message, no matter how clever you are, that's all you're saying. You're saying, hi, I would like to potentially be romantically interested in you. Would you like to reject me or not? And that's, and, and tell that's you what, what it boils that girl, down to. That girl's had a busy day. Yeah, She's having a busy day. She feels exhausted. She opens a message like that and it just feels like a request for more of her energy. No matter mm -hmm. how cute he is, no matter how smart he is, like... This is the hard thing about this versus like when you interact with people in a socialized way, you're not taking from them. There's actually an opportunity to give to each other because you're able to share, you're able to support, you're able to be in like actual human connection mm -hmm. and then go, ooh, and he's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, one um, second. Wait, one second. Wait. It's so much fun. Thank you. Okay. So one more, one more question before we jump off. Oh, no. Do you want to say something first? Uh, well, I, talking about the first messages, okay, you're yeah, so yeah, right. Okay. Just like, do, we'll do a pause and then just start it again. Savannah, can you cut this bit out and then just restart it when Scott starts talking? So the last thing I'll say about um, sending that first message, I think you're exactly right. Um, you want that first message to be something that'll make her smile. You want it to be a question that's very easy to answer. You want you want the ask for her time and attention to be really as small as possible. You just want to like, uh, my theory on like the, sending that first message is just like, get your foot in the door. Show her that you're there to make her smile, make her feel nice, make her laugh, hopefully, and ask one small thing so that she can respond quickly and easily and say, oh, that's awesome. I like this place for ice cream or whatever. 
Um, which is wild because like, it's a strategy where I'm asking for the tiniest, I'm, I'm hope I'm aiming for the tiniest, tiniest interaction where in a space where we have that warm introduction um, and you, you've met me and talked to me, like, I, I want to like get into it. I want to like, tell me like, I, I want to get you talking and hear you talking for half an hour. You know what I mean? Um, but you just, you can't do that on a dating app. I love that idea though, of starting with something which is, which adds value. And I think that is, I, I really do think, I know that's very calculating, but I do think that's really smart. I think in terms of men differentiating themselves, um, sending something which is kind of like a fun gift for the day, a fun thought, a fun idea, it, yeah. it really does make a difference. And I know the men that sent me those kinds of messages instinctively got more of my attention because it felt, it felt like if I engage with this person, it's not going to be a drain of my time and energy, you know, yeah. which I think is the woman drowning of thirst in the ocean it's the overwhelm yeah so one more question quickly before we jump off which is you know in your experience dating you know and i just i so appreciate you for bringing the kind of like intelligence the kind of the thoughtfulness around how we can do this well considering the the parameters we're working with if you could teach single men who who are dating who are out there looking for someone if you could wave a wand and magically teach them one thing what would it be go to therapy I mean, I don't know, like, I, I think, I, I think so much of what makes dating apps hard is um, it, it, it's just, it's a weird technological lens that's focusing on all of these things that we as men just haven't been working on for the past, I want to say like 50 years, even. Um, I'm a big fan of Liz Plank, her book, uh, For the Love of Men. Um, where she talks about like all the hard work that feminists have done over the past decades, at least in sort of Western culture. Um, and her big theory is that like women have been doing all this work and we've changed as a society what we accept and expect and what is permissible for women. Um, is there still a ways to go? Sure, of course. Um, uh, absolutely. I mean, but uh, for men, we haven't really moved. We haven't really moved where we are. I, I think a lot of men like over the past decades have seen feminism and, and, and some men are very, very, very upset about it. Some men are like, it really, it makes them feel attacked. And I, and I think that's a minority. I think that's a loud minority. I hope that's a loud minority. You hear from them a lot, right? I think a lot of men have seen what happens with feminism over the decades and have thought to themselves, that's great. Good for women. They'll get jobs. They can do all this awesomer stuff. That sounds good to me. Equality sounds great to me. And they've just decided to stay in their lanes. And I'm just going to keep doing my thing. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to follow the rules. And I'm sure that'll lead to a happy life. And what we as men have sort of ignored in that is that like traditionally uh, women were doing all of this, not only just like actual labor at home in a relationship, but like emotional labor um, and like social connection. Um, my my ex-wife, who, who is a lovely, lovely person, um, uh, uh, she she was kind of the social hub in our little duo, right? And I I wasn't, I really had to, after the divorce, I really had to work on being more social and not sort of lean on her for that, uh, to, to do that work, right? Um, and I think, I think going to therapy, being able to talk to somebody who's an expert in this stuff, who can just help you figure out why, you know, why you're unhappy, why, um, how you find connection. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a big, broad answer, but like, if I, I could wait a long. I just want to like, I would like to double down on that answer. I think it is the men, woman, anybody, like people, anyone looking for a good relationship and healthy love, the place mm. to start 
is yourself. It's to start with your own patterns and your own stuff. And you know, with men, it's so interesting, Scott, because you look at what women, how women are now, because women for the first time, I don't gosh, I mean, in I guess these last couple of generations, women have for the first time been able to provide their physical security needs for themselves mm. through working, through money. And so the selection criteria for men, what they're choosing in men has shifted. Once upon a time, the only way a woman could be safe and have resources was through a man legally, like it was mm -hmm. impossible and illegal for us to do it otherwise, right? Mm. And so that was the primary selection criteria that men built their entire sense of self and worth off, which I think to your point, men have stayed in that lane. But as women have been able to provide for themselves and build a life for themselves, what they're looking for is someone who is an emotional equal, someone who can participate emotionally in the relationship. And I think you're right that so many men, I've seen amazing, great men, have spent their whole lives working hard and, and like becoming the provider guy. And then are so dismayed that women, like when they're in relationship, that women are like, oh, well, this isn't enough. Like I, I want someone who can talk about their feelings. I want someone who can communicate when they're angry. I want someone who's accountable. I want someone with integrity. These kinds of standards around like what we're expecting at a kind of values level have shifted. And there are a lot of men who are, I think, feeling confused and left out by that. And I do think the answer is therapy yeah. <laughs> or and some version of personal growth work. There's a thousand roads up the mountain. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Books, reading, and you know, finding a good therapist is hard, all that kind of stuff. The, the last thing I'll say about though, I, I know we're kind of wrapping up here. I, all of this though, sounds kind of like doom and gloom. And, and, and I think for men, it can sound like, oh man, I've got to do all this extra stuff. I've got to change my worldview. I've got to, there's all this work I have to do. Like everyone on the internet uh, talking about dating is saying men have to do work. But the optimistic spin or take that I want to put on this, the optimistic perspective I want to put in here for men is that like now more than ever, it is possible to find a romantic connection that I think will be fulfilling and interesting and nourishing and healthy in a way that was uh, uh, so, so, so much harder for our fathers and grandfathers and great grandfathers, right? Like the, the patriarchy, it does hurt men too. I know that's kind of a, that's a loaded thing to say, no, it's right? But like- true. Yeah. And so that's, that's the good news. Like, like, yes, it's hard and technology is not making any better, but like, or at least the dating apps as they are now, a lot of room for improvement. Yes, it's hard, but I really think it's worth it. I really think that like the relationship that I, I have a deep faith that the relationship I hope to, to grow one day is going to be an amazing one. And I feel like I have the tools to do it. And I feel like there are people out there that are looking for that. Um, and that gives me a lot of hope. Well, wow, thank you so much for for jumping on, taking me through a little bit of a a deeper exploration of the the male experience, you know, the straight hetero male experience on these dating apps, some of the unique challenges uh, I think that men face, and I love it. Your idea of where to start. So, thank you so much, Scott. Thank you for having me on, Mia. It's so much fun. Thanks for joining and listening to this conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you are single and you are ready for something better. Do check out what I've built with Livette. We're offering a free month trial and you can get a real sense for, you know, how this is such a different kind of platform. It's 100% video, 100% vetted, like actual background checks and 0% BS. We've even built in an amazing automated anti-ghosting system. I really designed Livette as a conscious response to so much of, you know, I'd say the disruptive and antisocial behaviors I saw in dating 
So this is an amazing virtual social club where you can meet and play with people who are on the same page, playing by the same rules. It is so much fun inside. So if you're single and want to check it out, make sure you go to the show notes below and start your application.